was who was young and uh, he was going to lead the program and i and i liked it because it it there was measurement and evaluation and it was fitness and at the time uh dr ken cooper came out with aerobics and people were jogging and i liked to jog i felt better doing it i got i got actually a different kind of fitness from being an athlete and um so the mentors the early mentors in this country who are in research and academia and universities across the nation were talking about this new Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist, also keynote and TEDx speaker, and author of the triple award-winning book, Rejuvenating, The Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal is to always present you with great individuals who are leading their own lives with enthusiasm and have various ways of helping us to become better versions of ourselves. And today's guest really fits that description because he is not only leading his own life with enthusiasm, good health, but he's helping so many others to do so. Mike Waters has been in the field of adult fitness and health promotion for over 45 years. He has a long professional work history with the YMCA, including being on the national training staff. Uh, He's also been involved in several uh, fitness and health promotion activities in the Corvallis, Oregon area where he lives and he currently is the Director of Health Promotion for Fitness Over 50, a facility that I think you're gonna really wanna hear a whole lot about. Until recently, Mike was also an assistant football coach at Willamette University. And uh, we are so honored to be having Mike as a guest. So. Let me go right at it. Mike, welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. Thank you, Ron. It's an honor for me to be here. Well, I'm sure that we're all honored to get your information. And certainly it's timely, it's important, and it will be helpful to so many of our listeners. But, um, you know, you've you've spent your life in fitness even before it became a thing, Uh I'm wondering uh, if you can kind of let us know a little bit about your journey. How did you happen to get get into this game? Well, so for some of the listeners that go back, you know, back, let's say the 60s, you know, it's like, um, so we didn't have adult fitness. So, so my bachelor's is in health and PE. So I was going to be the PE coach from hell. I really wanted to coach 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 football and coach uh, athletics which i've had the opportunity to do but in the uh, i was i was um back in san jose california where i'm from and um so at san jose state university they were starting this new um it was an interdisciplinary uh degree program graduate program in exercise science and uh i went to a meeting 
and uh, Dr. Fahey, who was who was young, and uh, he was going to lead the program, and I and I liked it because it it there was measurement and evaluation, and it was fitness, and at the time, uh, Dr. Ken Cooper came out with aerobics, and people were jogging, and I liked to jog. I felt better doing it. I got I got actually a different kind of fitness from being an athlete. And um, so the mentors, the early mentors in this country who are in research and academia and universities across the nation, were ta talking about this new, we we're going to move into this new area of adult fitness. Well, at the same time, it was talked about we were going to work four days a week and have more time for, for recreation and, and, and things like that. So it was kind of melding these ideas together. Well, the four-day work week didn't happen, but the, the dawning of fitness started. You had Jack Lane, his stuff, his shows. Uh, the YMCA was actually instrumental in the beginning of adult fitness. So I started working for the Y in uh, Palo Alto, California in the mid-70s. And we did cardiac rehab, and and uh, I was around some brilliant people from Stanford, um, and yeah, it was a we, we beginning, and we you know it was very slow. We didn't have the equipment we did today. Uh, I came in my graduate work uh, at San Jose State and and American College of Sports Medicine. Um, exercise is medicine. That's the world I come from. Exercise. We were going to stamp out heart heart disease was the big one then, and a high protein diet was the cause of you know of course smoking, and that was the problem. So my goal was to stamp out heart disease, and um, yeah, that was that was the beginning of adult fitness. So I was um, I know in my region, in the Bay Area, I was one of the first people that really got you know, got involved with that and, and uh, away we go. It's really interesting. Um, when I think about fitness, though, I, it, it seems like there's almost kind of a paradoxical thing going on. Um, when I, when I grew up, there was a why, um, but things like independent gyms just didn't exist. No, not no lots of them uh certainly in an urban area like uh philadelphia where i live at the same time there's an obesity epidemic um you know and and it seems like there's more people who are concentrating on fitness and staying fit and recognizing the importance of it and there are also an increasing number of people who just despite all that's available don't don't seem to be focused on fitness because right. you know obesity doesn't come from no place exactly yeah yeah so when we i so i opened up here in corvallis timber hill athletic club in 1980 and there was a where the club was part of a large uh now global organization called ursa and i present i presented at their conferences a few times and so 1980 is considered the dawning of adult fitness in this country where you had these ursa clubs you 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 didn't have the um the the national gyms like we have today but you had these big health athletic clubs nationally uh 
the Y was a, a competitor. There's a whole story around that. But sadly, um, we only really had statistically speaking, when you talk about the dose, the weekly dose of exercise has a health protectant. Sadly, by 1983, 1984, we only had, it was quantified, about 17, 18% of the country was actually doing enough physical activity. Now, that doesn't mean belonging to a club. That means actually engaging in enough physical activity. Well, it's been downhill since. And that speaks to your your statement about the obesity thing. And so... Um, and sadly, and but I see, I think we're, we've gone the wrong direction. We build better equipment. The equipment today, both strength training and the uh, aerobic equipment. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm old school. I don't say cardio, but it's aerobic equipment has never been better. I mean, you're on these bikes or these ellipticals, these treadmills. They have a computer in them. They have a TV. You, you can do something. It's never been better. Yet, yet the compliance rate, um, we might be at 12% of really? the nation population. Again, actually doing enough quantifiable fitness for what we call a health protectant health, you know, to, to reduce risk factors, chronic disease, risks of, of things. And, and um, yeah, it's just... Yeah, we've gone through, I can't begin to tell you how many incentive campaigns I, I've worked in where we've given uh, awards to people to exercise. Um, a lot of people don't know with Obamacare, there was a federal law that all healthcare systems had to um, provide some sort of wellness program. And I was still at Timber Hill. They were paying people. They were paying people if you exercised or, you know, if you exercise, you know, um, 12 times a month, we'll pay you $15 a month. And I was tracking it. I was at Timber Hill Athletic Club and it was the usual suspects. It would be people that would exercise anyway. And people go hey this is great i'm getting paid to do this and i said it's not for you so <laughs> external external rewards like that have never worked and no. it, it's just it's it's interesting but it's it's you know being a psychologist you 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 must be you know just shaking your head at this yeah as a positive psychologist yeah. hear something this dismal yeah I, and i don't know that if you know the answer to this but i have to wonder i mean I think at this point we've got documentation that working out is helpful for your health. I mean, mm -hmm. no question, wrong, but no question. It, that it's helpful for your health. Uh, it helps to maintain proper weight. There's even a, a growing body of research that's showing that it's helpful for your brain. You know, the, the yes, huge amounts of data. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. You you uh, you look better. Your body looks better, and so on. Uh, do you have any idea why there's so much resistance to to this? Because we all start out playing as children. You know, being being physical is part of our 
make up as we grow up. Well, it's in, it's been interesting for me because having served this community for a long time. So, so for example, um, I've known people here since they were in college. And I've known individuals, man, woman, and they get married and have a family. So I've actually seen it, what the data has shown. We're supposed to grow up and not play anymore. We're supposed to mature and get a job and be an adult and have a family and things like that. And what I've found is from a what we call a work life balance perspective when when you you let's say you know we have a this is a highly educated population here in Corvallis Oregon the university we've got a lot of high tech people so we have a lot of people who have advanced degrees well that means you're working more you're making more money but that doesn't mean you you know you you're taking care of your health so much you know and especially with fitness but what I found is we, we from a work life balance perspective, we have to, you know, we we, we lose the, the, the motivation to exercise unless we really plan it. And um and you know, raising a family, you know, kids and their activities and all this stuff is um I don't think the fitness industry looks at life, looks at society outside of a gym see and for some reason i've been wired from the beginning when i first got into this to look at people from a whole life perspective they have a job they have a family they have stress they have bills to pay things like that and i can't ask them to spend hours in the in the fitness center or the gym exercising and um, what i have found out is there's an opportunity I hate to put this, but you get older and you have more time. And let's say you're retired from your your regular uh, career, your job. There is more time to exercise and eat better and things like that. You don't have as much on your plate, if you will. Okay, you know, but we don't want to wait until somebody's you know get to retirement age to do it. We want to do it younger. So I think so. On LinkedIn, I'm connected with a number of. People now who um, in, the, in 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 worksite health promotion, which I was a part of, who are taking the work life balance perspective and 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 trying to get people to do small doses of physical activity or make small nutritional changes. Don't don't spend hours doing this. Just let's just change slowly. Okay, well that that's great advice. Let's say that I'm. Uh... Uh, middle age, just take some imagination. Uh, middle age, I'm working for a company that has a total of 15 employees. We don't get somebody like you to come in and and uh, set up a program for us. What can I do? What what should I realistically do? Uh, where I was in that situation, we're raising two kids, my wife was working too. Um, you know, uh, I had job responsibilities, home responsibilities, the same amount of time that uh, a retiree has. Uh, but what could I, what should I, or somebody in a similar position mm -hmm. do to be able to, let's say if we've gotten away from regular working out, to, to reintroduce fitness to our lives? Well, you hit on a key thing here. Okay, so this is what I've done with people 
when we had the um, Hewlett Packard contract here in Corvallis years, <clears throat> I would ask people, what have you done in the past with exercise? And I would hear this, these wonderful stories and they might've been in another city and all the thing. And I would sense the joy of the routine, the ritual and the routine they had. See, these are rituals and routines we do. This is all health psychology. This is all health psychology that's been learned. And what I would say, okay, why don't we replicate that? Why don't we get back to that? Now, the reason why the, 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 it, it, it's, it's interesting because I would tip the cart over because people are used to coming in and seeing an expert and having them telling them what to do. No, I want people to exercise to do what they enjoy doing. I have my the way I'm, I've been a runner. I enjoy it. I, I enjoy the, it's called enjoying the exercise experience. So that's what I try and get people to do because it's, it's internal motivation. If they enjoy doing it, they'll, they'll do it. Thank God for group exercise. Thank God for group exercise. It is probably saved uh, both from a data, you know, health dosage and a lot of the big clubs that have group exercise are these studios that have, yo you know, bar three yoga, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, boomer camp thing, you know, uh, thing. Because it's social. It, the big part, it's social. And I can go to a class and somebody's leaning me. It's enjoyable. There's music and what it does to the body and the brain. Um, but I'm finding a lot of people enjoy that kind of um experience it's the exercise experience so that's what i would do i would get somebody let's get started in what you enjoy doing and then in small doses what we found and there's there is data on it is if somebody starts slow again it might have have a piece of uh, exercise equipment in the home like a stationary bike or something or if they go to a local gym okay don't Try and replicate what you did years ago, but start slow. Leave feeling you've accomplished something. I feel good. I want more, but it's time to go home now. I need to do something else. What I've found with people, and it's purely anecdotal, it's just observational. The highly motivated people who have all these jobs, these, these work-life balance issues, they will design the time to spend more time in something that they enjoy doing. See, that's what it is. It shouldn't be drudgery. It shouldn't be like trying to make the team. I'll do all that work for everybody, but there's a small pool of us who will do that, okay? But for most people, enjoy the exercise experience. It, it, it's, it's huge, it's powerful. Yeah, I think uh, that's really great advice because I think, when we all used to regularly get exercise, we didn't call it exercise. But exactly. It yeah. yeah. Uh, well, one of the things I do is to speak to that, I call it, it's, it's causality, meaning walking to the store, gardening, uh, riding your bike to the store, commuting by walking, riding your bike, things like that. 
it's it's exercising without thinking about it's exercising and it's healthy. Well, I talk a lot about that because we hear in the media, you know, whether it's, you know, social media, TV, whatever, read, whatever we get, it's, it's, I got to do this quantifiable linear, you know, measure my heart rate or so many sets. And so no, it doesn't have, if that's not their personality, don't, don't do that, you know? And when I've done that, the thing I feel good about is I've taken, it's like I've taken the weight off people's shoulders. Oh, I have been exercising. I just didn't think about it that way. So I try and show there, there are different, there are linear, nonlinear approaches. It's how you do this. It's how, it's how one does it. And, and yeah, so you, you're absolutely right. And that's what some of us in health promotion have talked about. There was a time before adult fitness when people did more recreation, they were outside, even back East, they were more active. And in a lot of ways, I think that the world I come from, the exercises medicine, where you really quantify it and it's very linear, we, we've messed up a lot of people. That's so interesting. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your, your current specialty with working with older adults. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, fitness over 50, uh, the, both the 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 physical facility and the the concept of it and you know what's what's different uh if if there's anything different uh for an older adult going to a specialized facility that's directed at them well one of the things is um again this is all health psychology well both social psychology and and then related to health psychology People want to go where they fit in, where there's like-minded others, okay? And I hear, when I hear that, when I first got there and I started talking with people, and I, I do a lot of what I call, so in, in gerontology, there's what we call life review, okay? People reflecting on their life and regrets and things like that. I do, and I had, I had initially, I had interns doing this health life review. Okay, how'd you get here? What have you been doing? And then if you if you start talking about your life, and then weave in the health, we're doing life review. Well, what I found out is like you know, in the history of a lot of the people here, they had belonged to Timber Hill or they belonged to a a, a national gym. But they didn't feel like there were too many people like them, their age. And it's really important because, you know, our, if you're a grandparent, you want to be other, around other people who are also grandparents. So you can talk about that. See? And so it's, so it's a demographic age, demographic relationship that's important. That was one of the first things I found about fitness over 50 is like, is like people, they felt safe. They felt supported, they felt social, and then they, they felt really comfortable to exercise. Um, and that was the beginning. See, they weren't even thinking about the, the, the biological fitness part. It was all these other factors that made it important, okay? So what I've mainly done is I've done talks. Um, uh, before the pandemic, I was doing talks all over the community and, and um, the library, service clubs, 
Oregon State. Uh, there's Oregon State University here. There's a lot of retirement groups doing a lot with them. Um, and then even during the pandemic, when we went to Zoom, as I was telling you earlier, you know, a lot of a lot of talks that way. And then um, what I will do, what I will do now, it's kind of interesting. There are members who they find out about me or they hear me speak and they go, hey, can you can you talk to me about a pro, you know, fitness program? And I said, well, what are you, what are you doing now? Well, they'll give me a huge list of exercises that the younger staff person has given them. And, and they mean well. They mean well. Everybody, even the hardcore personal trainers with younger, they mean well. They're just doing what they've been trained and how they think at their age. Okay, they mean well. So nobody's trying to kill somebody. But I will say, pick out about four things that you like to do. So and they, again, this is somebody that hasn't been coming in. Some have been on a Medicare program, so it's free, no problem. But some are actually paying dues, okay? Which the money thing doesn't matter, but they're they're interested, but they're struggling. You know, they 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 don't want to spend all day in a gym. They want to go to the library. They want to do art. They want to play music. Other aspects of our health life, okay? So I say, do four or five things that you like to do. And start out with that. And it's almost like I've just given them freedom. Do what you enjoy doing. Well, they they have me on the elliptical. They have me on the elliptical. I don't really like that. Well, do you like what what aerobic piece of equipment? Well, I like I, I like walking on the treadmill and read my book. Then that's fine. It doesn't matter as long as you're enjoying it. And it'll lead you to health. So that's probably the biggest thing I I do right now. Um, I was there last night, and I and I somebody asked me, and I go the first thing I said, "Are you doing what you enjoy doing?" Well, sort of, but I want to get rid of these co the, the couple exercises that they gave me. You know, we know it's good for you, but and I and but but you know it's great. I'm starting to see this more on people in the field on LinkedIn. People will do what they like to do. Exactly. Exactly. I know strength training for an older adult, especially me, is important. But if we're going to do it, we got to do it just really slowly and not a lot of it. Don't think about, you know, sacropenia or osteoporosis or the disease status part. You know, we got to quit scaring people. Okay, I'm going to start doing what I like to do, and then I'm going to add a few things. And that's what a couple people were doing last night when I was there. That's that's really new for a lot of, a lot of people. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Take the burden. Is, Take the yeah. burden off of, I got to spend hours there. The people that in my career in this, going clear back to the YMCA, the people who are highly, highly motivated will spend that time. We'll run marathons. We'll do 100-mile bike rides. We're already doing it, but it's a small pool of people. See, we need to pay attention to that bigger 
can you see the curve? <laughs> that bigger population who are heading towards, you know, chronic diseases and obesity and that sort of thing. We need to focus more on that group. Well, how important are the uh, the guidelines then for, for this group? You know, the, the notion of uh, uh, five times a day, five times a week, 30 minutes of aerobic and two to three days of resistance exercise. I mean, do we try and work within the guidelines, but basically doing what you want to do or the guidelines less important until you get to uh, to where right. you want? Right. Okay. So here's what's interesting. A lot of people don't know this name. Sadly, it passed away. People, people that have been in this field long like I do, Ken Cooper at the, 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 the Cooper Clinic in Dallas, Texas, got smart and hired a, a exercise epidemiologist named Stephen Blair, PhD, Stephen Blair. He did the landmark research on what is the exact dosage of exercise per week has a large population, men and women, over 40,000 people, has a health protectant i keep hitting on that to be healthy not to be super fit to run marathons bike rides triathlon to be healthy he quantified about 2000 calories a week in anything linear or non-linear the dosage for health protectant anything more than that enjoy it so I have to tell groups, and I've had people, especially runners, the hardcore, argue with me. I said, I said, the data is clear. I run marathons. I'm done for health by Monday. Okay. <laughs> so it, it, so, but that's health. Okay. So let's fast forward. Keep looking at the data. So the uh, ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Now it's. 150 minutes a week of moderate to easy fitness activity. 75 minutes a week if it's harder, if you like to run or ride a bike harder, or work in the gym, work harder. Okay. I've had interns quantify. So Blair's study was 2,000 calories a week expended. This was minutes. I had I've had interns quantify the data and it all comes out about the same. There there's like a natural law here of the dose of exercise needed for health. Okay. So to start out with, okay, I tell people, well, how 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 do I know how, from a health hardcore health measurable perspective how do i know well you go see your doctor and you get your labs it's all in the blood okay it's all in the blood blood pressure things like that the chronic diseases okay so you might already in what you're doing already you might be okay you might be okay you may not be doing the 150 minutes a week when we do studies like that, it's large base population and it's overall for everybody. But it's like it, it's like the 10,000 steps for health thing. Everybody doesn't have to do 10,000 
steps a day for health. Some people, it's going to be 5,000, 6,000, 50, whatever. It's measurable in your blood work, okay, if you if you want to get from a linear perspective. But um, so, and it can be linear, nonlinear, you know, the causality kind of thing I taught. It could be both. You know, it 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 doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, so I mean, if if I'm hearing you correctly, one of the thing, one of the first things I learn in, in psychology is about individual differences. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to keep that in mind. Just like yes. you know, I know I can. If I get six and a half hours of sleep during the night, I don't yawn during the day, and I have energy. Some people right. need hours uh, exactly yeah and i think probably the same thing happens here but you should you shouldn't be your own judge on this right the, right right blood work and so on uh you should be doing it the the other thing though that i am am wondering is uh when we look at it i mean just just so that I'm sure nobody is uh, is misunderstanding or is unfamiliar with the term. When you talk about doing exercise, linear or nonlinear, I know what you mean, but maybe not everybody does. Yeah, it, it's kind of like, okay, I'm very linear. Oh, my God, am I linear? It's like I have so many minutes. I'm going to, let's say aerobic, okay, running, elliptical, cardio. I'm it it has to be i can't break it up see so um i so i was w- we have a house in eugene we're going to eventually move to eugene so i belong to the y there and i'm on i'm on the elliptical i got my reading okay i'm going to be on there for an hour there's no breaks okay but i'm noticing people they're on a they're 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 on a um, recumbent stationary bike. They're on there for ten minutes, and then they go do something else, and then they go do something else, and they go do something else. Okay, the old me in my training, ACSM, many many years ago. What what are you doing? You know what what are you doing moving around? But what's been learned because research begets research, as you well know. Okay. It's okay when we're talking about health. And I've even told people, okay, at Fitness Over 50, if you want to do, you know, maybe 10 minutes of walking on the treadmill, elliptical, whatever, go do some weights, then come back, make it up, make it up. It doesn't matter. It's what's healthy. So that's a both linear and nonlinear approach, but right. it's based on you know being you know psychology people's personalities. Some people are anal. I mean, they got to have a Fitbit watch. They got an Apple watch. They got to measure it. You know, engineers are like that. They 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 you know. But I found I, I I used to run marathons with doctors and engineers. Very very linear because that's how they're trained. They wouldn't be in the field if they weren't. But not everybody's like that. And it's when we're talking about health, it's it's okay if you if you be creative. I'm sure you've helped a lot of people to think <laughs> differently. 
about about health and hopefully encouraged more people to do things since uh, you've removed some of the drudgery from from the perceived drudgery. I think those of us who work out regularly would feel worse if we didn't, but uh, I think if people who don't perceive it as drudgery. So I think right. getting started is is what we want to aim for and hope for. Um, I've got tons more questions, but I don't have tons more time. So I okay. want to ask a, a couple of uh, real practical things, one of which is uh, fitness over 50. Is that a unique thing or is it is it common to find gyms or programs for for people in older adulthood that, that specialize in their needs? Well, fitness over 50 itself is unique. It's a mom and pop business. I've known um, the owner, Jason Wallace, for years. Uh, in fact, I, I knew his wife before I knew him. She was running the Human Performance Lab at Oregon State. And um, yeah, so Jason uh, got his graduate degree in exercise science from Oregon State. And and so we talked in and, and um, it's interesting because I've been I have a mentor in in the aging well world. And he he projected I would be not so much at a place like this, but hit, working with this population. And uh, but it's really unique place. However, there are a growing a number of small chains um, like in California, in both Southern California and the Bay Area. It's called Nifty Over 50, but it's a chain. It, there, there's another small chain in the Twin Cities area, so I think it's fast growing. And it's and it, and I've looked online. You know, very similar classes, equipment, things like that. Um, but I think it's fitness over fifty is unique because you know people have asked me, well, why don't you do a franchise? Why don't you all over? Well, no, the uniqueness is the staff that's there. They're all from the area. The some of the young staff went to Oregon State. We have a lot of retired Oregon State people. It's very unique, and you can't go out and franchise it like like that. And I think there's something. I know it fits a need. I you know like like a Planet Fitness or any time, but it's you know it's a national chain. It's convenient, but it doesn't have the social network. You know the the warm good feeling, like a private place does. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, you mentioned something that uh, since the pandemic, a lot of people are doing lots of things online. Mm -hmm. uh, what about fitness online? First of all, do you guys offer it? And secondly, you know, just I mean, I know there are offerings out there. Uh, is uh, What do you think about it? Yeah. So, yeah, we will uh, we will offer that. Um, it's not something that our club manager, Nate, actually promotes. Um, but a lot of the members, you know, post-pandemic, and, and rightly so, they have concerns still because COVID's still with us. Um, they're more um, individual. You know, they, they don't have the machines, but they'll have small weights. And he'll do he'll do some uh, Zoom classes there. And then they'll, there'll be some group exercise classes that are online. And then and then um, 
and then on the new the he sends out an electronic newsletter and then he'll show the schedule of all the zoom classes for the week you know and and um so more and more people are 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 doing that because i think they're just getting used to being you know virtual they they can they don't have to get in the car and come down um you know and and everything and and uh, the, the the socialization is missing but the convenience is there and they're still doing health they're still exercising so i think that's finding its place in the world i know on linkedin um i see a lot of online type programs you know but personal trainers you know health coaches things like that so i think that's just where we are today so i guess one of the advantages of online uh, and I recognize there are a lot of advantages of being there in person, but one of the advantages of online is I, I think somebody could probably join a place like yours without uh, without living in Corvallis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, if it fits for them, yeah. If it if it's a fit and it's it works for them, it's how they want to do it. And and again, my thing is it they have to enjoy it. They have to enjoy that time and that experience doing it. So, Great. Well, I think if we can get people to link the term enjoyment with the term fitness, <laughs> we can do something about it. I know. I know. It, doesn't, it doesn't sound. Yeah, I know. It's, it sounds wild. Well, but... it, it, it's easy to link it if you're already doing it. Uh, yeah. yeah. A little harder if you wonder why people, you know, get up and sweat and do this kind of thing. And then you got to take another shower during the day and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the, uh, uh, but, but if we can tie it with enjoyment, I think, I think you are doing a, a wonderful service. Meanwhile, uh, again, we run out of time, but how, I mean, you, your advice has been so great. Uh, where can people learn about you, uh, be in touch with, with you and so on? Um, well, my, my email address is, uh, watersm808 at gmail.com. They can email me. My cell number is 541-207-4368. They can text me, they can call me and, uh, yeah, be glad to help answer any questions and, and that sort of thing. Because I know I get a lot. I, it, it's like, <laughs> sometimes people don't believe me. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> and I have to just reinforce all I'm Ron, all I'm really doing is I'm doing, I'm, I'm telling what highly motivated people do. Those people that I talk to that that's all it is. That That's all it is, is that's the, that's the secret. They enjoy the exercise experience. It's not painful. It may look painful, but they enjoy it. So it's all our personalities. So, yeah. So I'll be glad to help out any way I can. You've been very generous with your information here and with your access. Uh, uh, and we'll have this in the show notes. And certainly if anybody is convenient to uh, Corvallis area, the uh, is there a website for uh, fitness over 50 so that they can learn? Uh, yeah. It's not a fancy, great, you know, being a mom and pop. You know, but there's enough information on there and, and um, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, it, it's 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 really 
you know, it's been fun. It's been fun being there because it really, my talks, things like that, we, we don't really have to market. People telling others about it will, will take care of itself. It's just being genuine and you don't have to, you know, and, 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 and that works. And I, I just really enjoy that. I, it's just really fun. Great. Well, it's, it's apparent in, in the way that you talk about this whole, uh, this whole area that you've been working uh, your lifetime in and let's hope you keep doing it and influencing more people for a whole lot longer. Hope I can. Hope I can. Thanks, Mike. Really, really appreciate your spending the time with us today. My absolute pleasure. My absolute pleasure. So this brings to close another great episode of Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This one featuring our special guest, Mike Waters, who can help us all to be healthier. And uh, hope that you enjoyed it. Listen to it again. Download it. Tell your friends about it. And we, as always, hope you will review and rate the podcast on your favorite listening platform and be back next week for another interesting guest uh, who will help us to become better versions of ourselves. Until then, as Mike mentioned, the pandemic hasn't left us. So make sure that while you're staying positive out there, that you're also staying safe. And we'll see you next week.